0: Hi, welcome to the Creative Explorers podcast. Today we have a bit of a different sound situation, but I hope it's still okay. (laughs) Our topic today might be even more interesting. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm Lame, I'm an artist, um, and I'm with Rachel.
1: Hi, Lame. I am also an artist. I do, I'm working on uh, my Venus commission right now in watercolor, and I also am working on writing my Story of my solo trip around the world when I was, before I was 30, to inspire young people.
0: Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm also an awesome artist, but I'm not creating art at the moment because my studio is so noisy because it's construction works outside the window. <laughs> that's, they're really driving me crazy. So um, that's also kind of the different sound situation. I can't be there. So... <laughs> uh, yeah, usually I create uh, figurative art with natural materials, textile art, and also I also write. and yeah. it's quiet, a bit quieter than now.
1: <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a nice quiet house today, but I am dog sitting, so I'm not with all my recording equipment. And I did spend my if we we used to do our uh, successes reviewing our our last week's successes and for last week I was drawing very well and getting very far on my Venus painting which I'm very yeah I think I'm down to to figuring out the hair right now and that's thing for me that is cool yeah
2: I
0: I had any compliment. I did some drawing at night (laughs) in my studio (laughs) I started in your, your text time work, but it's yeah, it's I did something, so I'm quite happy with that. Um yeah.
1: but well,
2: that,
1: I'm excited for you because you did your you have a you have a student right now kind of like
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. this young boy, he's autistic, he's eighteen. Um he's oh he 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 speaks very seldom <laughs> but he is so I don't know, he's one of the best students I ever had. So that's a really interesting experience to see him. When he started out, he was really, um, he had no coordination whatsoever. And I just taught him how to hold the, the pencil. And now he's really, oh my God, he's only with me six weeks or so. Or two months. No, it's two months now. And that's fantastic. He is so into this, and he loves to practice, and that's so much fun to see how, how art can be such a way of expressing yourself. And he's interested in trying faces and people. So, I don't know, I can only imagine when you're autistic, it, it, it's not so easy to express yourself in real life. So, maybe that's some kind of a new language for him to use art to express himself. And that is, it's just amazing. <laughs> I really love that.
1: That's super cool, and to and to be there to help him to show him how to develop that skill, that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just told him it's fine, and it's fine to start out and not being able to hold a pen. That's pretty normal. So you don't have to be perfect. And I think what I tried to teach him was, in order to to learn how to draw, you have to enjoy the process of getting better, or just it's not even getting better. It could also be fine if you would draw. I don't know, just some circus or whatever. I think it's just enjoying the process of drawing itself, no matter the outcome. And how interesting it is, and to observe things, and to see how you can hold the pen, and, I don't know, you make strong, uh, show strong emotions with it, or be very tender. So that's so interesting. Just, it, the outcome isn't so it's not so important, I think. And maybe that's also a secret to trying to enjoy the process, no matter – I mean, it could also be – it's what I tell you yeah, do something, and you don't have to show. You can even just get, get away with it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So it's like a dance. When you dance for yourself, so you don't keep that. I mean, you have, you have it in your heart somehow, and it's something you did. and I don't know.
1: I love um, – you know, one of my favorite things when I was – teaching myself to draw was, was, you know, studying and drawing from things around me, uh, mm-hmm. Plants very forgiving and trying to draw furniture or the layout of a room to help with perspective, you know, there was all these different things I could focus on learning. But what I what I loved about that was just that 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 stillness and that quiet time it took to just ab- actually sit and observe what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me what you were talking about earlier about Um, resonance and being and knowing the space you take up I feel like as you study and understand you know how a plant takes up space
2: Mm -hmm. like
1: I feel like we don't understand or we don't think about space we always think about the objects Mm -hmm. it's but you by by drawing them you're learning to realize how important it is To know the space that's around them you know we we talk about negative space in art and drawing and that's it's such a um big lesson just to Mm -hmm. learn and to be able to observe
0: yeah i think it's not just the space they take up but the space i take up and my relationship to that object and to that space i'm in and to see how it's somehow interconnected I don't know I think that's and I think when I look at something uh, it's not just with my eyes there's so much more to it here when you're nearby so it's, it's for me it's very different to draw something from real life than from a photograph because the photograph it's I only take it in with my eyes yeah yeah, I think there's a lot of information missing for me. I, I, I'm, I mean, it's pretty fine to use photographs to practice. But for me, I, what I really enjoy is the sensations, all the yeah. sensations, and to use them for my art. So,
1: Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just wild to me how different it is to draw in a 3D space and try mm-hmm. to make something 3D versus copying a photograph and already having that 2D layout for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, the, I think that maybe that's in a way that, may, you know what, it reminds me of what I, we spoke earlier about, my my, my learnings <laughs> these mm-hmm. past few days, because I attended the um, Resonance Summit, I had no idea what that is. I just found out last week, uh, it's by, um, it's. I don't know, if She's the woman who initiates this is called Sarah Payton, and she's, really about the resonant self, and it's about neuroscience, and how to, it's tr- trauma, and from, it's so much, and I i just came by this book, because someone um, recommended it, alongside with some book by Tish I thought, okay, look it up, and uh, <laughs> there's some meditations on the website as well, that go along with the book, and I wanted to download them, and then I saw, oh, there's this free summit, <laughs> that's the free uh-huh. summit, and I haven't, I, haven't read, I haven't read that book yet, and then I said so, okay there's just so much so yeah well I signed up and then it was very difficult for me to get into that whole topic at first I thought oh it's not so interesting yeah, well, I don't know but now <laughs> I just watched a few recordings and then it all made sense <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and they talk about um, uh, we, we sometimes talk about left brain and right brain I, I know it's not correct if someone studies neuroscience oh my god it doesn't exist so they talk about um relational brain func- functions maybe an instrumental brain an instrumental brain is when you want to get something done like fulfilling a task or i don't know going to the grocery store and i don't know or clean the house and relational is it's different it's um I don't know, being with someone or showing compassion or also making art, I think, and being open to everything that is, and maybe being in a 3D space, taking in everything that surrounds you and trying to put that on a piece of paper. That I'm pretty sure that is more about the relational brain. And when you look at a photograph and you want to get it done, some, some, sometimes people measure even what to do. I think that's pretty much an instrumental brain, which is also fine, but... It's so different, you know? It's not about um, expressing something, it is about getting something done, which is actually copying the photograph. Oh, That's a good point, yeah. Which is fine in itself, it's also something when you want to to complete that task, but it is not how I see art, because it is really something when you take in something, and it was called Resonance Summit, and it's being in resonance with everything, that surrounds you and that's what art basically is and, and we can e- easier access emotions um, and also trauma emotions through this uh, visual brain and this relational brain so maybe art can be a way to um, to access that as well in a, in a safe way so I found that very interesting so <laughs> everything in the end I was oh my god I was blown away it's it's so amazing because in the beginning I thought oh it's not, I don't know what this is <laughs> what is but, it what are they doing I, it doesn't sound so interesting <laughs> it really blew my mind nice
1: yeah so I would love to hear um, so what you were before we started recording you were talking about how this had really changed given you new perspectives on things do you want to just go through and share yeah. some just aha's
0: yeah, I'm so um, I'm a yeah, I'm not perfect and so I would if someone's interested listening to this, I would definitely recommend uh, getting the books. Um i we can <laughs> we can put the links underneath because it's just very, I think it's very flawed, but reproduce. But what what stuck with me was um it is um oh this is also based on non nonviolent communication and it's also I think Sarah Payton who um initiated this wrote a book in 2017 and it's really about self-resonance and how to heal yourself also from trauma and i think her adopted son i don't know how he died but he died very early because of trauma i mean, I, I can only speculate but i think she also collected all the stuff for, to heal her own trauma and to heal the trauma of her adopted son so that's very trauma informed and it's very much about this when you grow up without having safe connections and is it really possible to learn that in, in late, later in your life now can you grow those neurons and the pathways in your brain or are you doomed to have that anxious or disorganized or avoidant attachment style all your life <laughs> so i think that's basically what you wanted to find out and what what's to do how to do that um and so the whole summit was about this from all kinds of different angles with dance with art with talks with neuroscience, I was amazing, <laughs>
1: really. I'm so annoyed I missed it. At least there's a few free ones to still listen to. There's still, I think, three talks that are for
0: mm-hmm. free
1: on the website, even though the summit is over now.
0: Yeah, there was one talk from Kristin Neff, I think she's pretty well known. She's also psycho, psychologist, some scientist, and she, it's about self-compassion, and also what I love, feel self-compassion. <laughs> That self-compassion kind of too. That's basically, you know what? Now that I talk about this, it really reminds me of our warrior theme. Ah. Yeah, because there is tender self-compassion. When, you, when someone comes to you or you, you care for a child that's sad or whatever, that's tender self-compassion. Then she said, okay, but when you're always like this, and this is especially us women, you don't get much done, do you? You, you're, you're nice, you're caring, but there's also fierce self-compassion. When you think of a mama bear, there's some threat. The mama bear doesn't attack, but she says she protects the child. And that's fierce self-compassion. That means standing up and fighting for something, but in a compassionate way. And in a way like, oh, I don't like it, i destroy it. But, really, but, but standing up for something, that's what she calls fierce self-compassion. And I really like that. Um, and she says, compassion has uh, three components. That's kindness. To yourself and to others it has mindfulness to know exactly what's going on within you and with others in the situation and also a common humanity because when you forget about that that there's other humans and we're all in this together then it's very self-compassion can easily become self-pity we don't want that we haven't that word and self-compassion and that's what i really loved about the summit was all about um the the community it was all about being uh, and, it's about connection with others and that was so amazing and what I found very weird was I was watching most of the mostly I was watching recordings but nevertheless I've had some kind of connection to those that was so weird because it was so soothing to see so many people from all over the world and it was just okay <laughs> and I Another thing they say is it makes you make sense. Not when you're afraid now, or you feel this kind. Of, another term I really like is alarmed aloneness. When you feel that and you look deep, it makes sense. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to be angry or whatever. Compassion doesn't mean to make it go away. It means to embrace it. It is very related to to uh, Zen. So I really love that. So, um, and oh yeah, it's, oh gosh, there was so much. <laughs> what to talk about and, and re, yeah it's really also resonant language and how to talk to someone so when someone comes to you and tells you a sad story what happened I don't know and most of the time we don't know how to respond I think it's very difficult and you don't know and then you say oh come on it will be over tomorrow it's, I don't know <laughs> it's never very satisfying And resonant language is really about acknowledging feelings and using metaphors and even giving metaphors, and basically when someone says, oh yeah, something happened, and you can say, does this make you sad? Or you can ask, do you feel angry about this? And then it's really about acknowledging those feelings, and that's basically it, just mirroring those feelings, and then maybe offering a a, a metaphor. Does it feel like, I don't know, being in a being in the open sea without anyone there to, to, to i don't know to rescue you i don't know something like that and then you have a totally different conversation
1: yeah it it reminds that that makes me think of there is this uh piece on reddit that is, has gone absolutely viral and it's super old i think well over 10 years old and it has been passed around over and over and it keeps showing up Every time time somebody has some terrible thing about grief or loss, somebody goes and finds this text and shares it in these comments again. Because how the person wrote it and described grief was so profound that people keep relating to it. And one of the things that was so cool about that was they, they had a metaphor for grief. And they talked about it of like being swimming in an ocean and how the waves... At the beginning, are crashing down, and you don't, and you, you know, like almost drown every time it comes crashing. And then, as time goes, it calms, but you still get knocked underwater once in a while from these waves. And like, there's no way to, I can't, like, I can't. The the text itself is really. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody reads, every time it's posted, I go re reread it because it is one of those things where you realize how profound, I don't know, language and expression is when somebody else, like, because somebody was able to put into words the grief that, you know, and, and I feel like it helped, it's helping other people being in it, you yeah, know.
0: It makes so, so much sense now that you say this. I think poetic expression, that's how we can feel understood and, and gotten. And it acknowledges our feelings, and that makes sense now, and art is the same, I think, because when you say, "Yeah, this is like this," and yeah, it will be over tomorrow," and oh, come on, look at the So that doesn't help us. It doesn't help us. Yeah, maybe we don't want solutions. I think we want to be feel understood, and there might not be a solution for this. I mean, we will die eventually, I don't know, everything will fall apart. We don't know. <laughs> the point <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really about feeling. Gotten and, and building this kind of connection because there was one neuroscientist and he talked about um, this, the, all these studies about holding hands and what it means so to, to, to when, when you're in pain and someone who, who you really love and you have a good relationship with holds your hands and then really can, you can measure that your pain is reduced and your fear, fear it was so amazing and he said, yeah, all, all animals have some kind of habitat when you look at it and maybe it could be that humans their habitat is other humans, and I found that they, and we, I think we lost that these days because there's not much resonance or not much connection these days, so we're all having our issues and we are all i don't know running coping mechanisms, and you you find your people based on coping mechanisms, and you play out those you know scripts all over again, but it never feels like you have real connection. And, I don't know. It it was, I, I practiced some of these, um, yeah, things with my husband and honestly, that was amazing. We never had such, I don't know. It it was never like this. And for him, it was so easy to know what to do actually, and that he doesn't have to come up with some solution. And just to know that I think it's a skill you can learn And, and, and also to name your feelings and to, to realize that behind every feeling, which is perfectly fine because it it just makes sense that you have it, is a a basic human need. And very often you can say, Okay, I'm I'm angry now because my need for rest <laughs> for example, I don't know, my need for whatever is is not nurtured or I don't know. And I found that very interesting because then it, it doesn't There's no plane, you know, it doesn't tell you, oh, you're so, so weak, you're so bad, or oh, come on, everybody would, no, it's not like that, we're human, and we have these needs, and that makes, and it makes sense that we have them, especially when we grew up with trauma, I think, with, you, yeah, but I really, that was amazing, and it was a, really transformational, because I never felt so close to my husband, honestly, ah, that's beautiful. That was so amazing. It was just a tiny and I'm so happy that he agreed to to do this with me. But it was just a tiny thing. Oh my God. And it, it was a different. There was a different resonance. And it's so healing when you when you when you say I'm I'm sad and so Yeah, I see that. And it's fine and it makes sense. Oh my God <laughs> <laughs> And you don't have to I don't know you say, Yeah, but I am and you don't have to defend yourself. It's just, oh my God, what kind of, yeah. And I felt like this is takes a lot less energy than always defending yourself. And
2: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yes, this is this is something I've
1: really learned or noticed about myself is is that need whether it's real or not, but having to like prove or defend or argue. Just to have a basic like statement allowed, you know, exactly. it's just hearing is so frustrating. You can't just be. I'm tired. You have to be like, oh, I, I was up late. I had a hard time sleeping. I, you know, I worked too hard, and you know, and now I'm tired. <laughs> and Then, you know, like it'd be nice to just be like, hey, I'm tired, and somebody be like, oh, that's that's too bad.
0: I would someone say, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're fine, of course, that makes perfect sense. It's fine. <laughs> I just imagine that what? Oh my God! You have so much energy left. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Now, it, now, the little energy you had, you don't have to like use it to like justify yourself. I really, really like that. And so, I like- the the exercise you did with your husband, like I saw that there was some worksheets on that website. Was that from one of them, or is that from a talk you listened to? Uh,
0: there were worksheets. I can um. Uh, yeah there were several exercises. one was um basically acknowledging feelings when you can do it like this, you tell a story what happened to you, something i don't know i I was at the grocery you saw, and someone yelled at me. i don't think it could be like that and then you can ask um and I think you can also talk about some body sensations, yeah that made my throat i don't know my my my, my stomach hurt i don't know, and then you can in this exercise, you could simply ask, did, did this make you feel helpless? And you can ask, Did it make you feel hopeless? Did you feel um, alarmed, aloneness, or grief, or anger, or disgust, and so on? And the other person could always respond, Yeah, it made me angry because. And you could talk about this. It's a totally different conversation. And I think, I don't know if I'm mixing this up, but this is a way of acknowledging feelings. It's an exercise setting, so it's a very natural talk. And then you could also offer metaphor. That comes up, so listen to, it, I don't know, just, oh, did it feel like you were somewhere in the, uh, I don't know, between a lot of chimpanzees and you were, I don't know, a flamingo. <laughs> just a <movie. laughs> And the other person could say, yeah, not quite, or oh, no. And then, so you're in this relational brain thinking about metaphors instead of simply explaining it. So you get deeper. And, right. Um, yeah, that was Very interesting. And then you could simply acknowledge and at the end, but that's also what I liked at the end of every exercise. And at the end of every presentation, um, when there was a presenter or someone who told the story, there was always the other person or the audience would always say, um, what gifts they received from this and what needs were met. So you could always Uh say, oh yeah. When I did this with my husband, he said, oh yeah. What What I got was connection and understanding. And that's a gift I received, and that's also my need for connection was met. And that's very interesting when you look at it like this. So that was very, that was very interesting. There was another talk that was very difficult for me. It was about unconscious contracts, which is, and then you would say it's conditionings. But um, and I also did something with movement and dance. So suddenly. I think this is too complicated now, but um, there is something you agreed on, okay, I stay hidden, I stay out of sight, I stay, um, I'm not successful, and I hide hide myself, and beca- in order to protect myself and others and my family, whatever that means, so I have this feeling, okay, I have to stay out of sight, and have to stay unknown and hidden somewhere, I don't know. I had this uh, metaphor of being hidden underneath a blanket as a flower. No one knows what kind of flower it is. In order to, to protect others and myself, so my, yeah, and that was very interesting because it must have be, I must have made that contract very early on. And she also explains it can be when you have a mother that is not very. There is when it comes to transgenerational trauma, and your mother is not able to to hold the life energy of the child. And it's too much and she dissociates, for example. Then Uh for the child, it feels like she's gone. And it feels like, it is very life-threatening and this can, yeah, you can have some kind of contract. Okay, so I will subdue my life energy in order for for her not to, so otherwise someone dies. Right. Ha. And then that's a contract. And then you can say, okay, you can call in your higher self mentor, whatever you call that to ask if you can release that contract. And that, I mean, that's a whole looking deeply. You can do that with a therapist or whatever. And then, you, but, but just to realize that you have such a contract is helpful. <laughs> and then maybe it's when you, when you know it, it's easy to let it go. But I realize I have, there can be many of those contracts. So, um, also, when it comes to art, because I thought, why am I, am, I, am I not successful as an artist? I mean, I survived the sepsis. I'm able to work again. I, I built a house. I could do all those things. But when it comes to art, I feel like a, a toddler who's, I don't know. I have all the information. I know what to do. I, I'm actually capable of it, but I don't do it. So there must be something behind that. So that's, I have to go deeper into that, but I'm pretty sure there's an unconscious contract.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you I I was having this conversation with a with a friend I really trusted? And it was a it was something that really I think I shared this on another episode a long time ago. But this, you know, I was I was looking at what I was ashamed of, what brought me the most shame about myself. And the thing that I realized brought me so much shame was the fear of making money off my art Mm -hmm. and that and that I actually had that it was something I actually had and I was trying to deny it Mm -hmm. and so I've I'm on this new thing where I've admitted it and I was I admitted it to the first person and it was so funny because we were talking about I was like yeah I traveled you know like I traveled the world I did big wild crazy ridiculous scary things you know like you know sleeping in train stations and sleeping in cemeteries and you know like these wild things and I was fine and I think it's funny and I was adventurous but like if somebody asks me the price of my artwork like I get absolutely like that's where I'm like nope 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 don't give me money you know and It was so interesting to actually voice that and now I'm working on it like I don't know hopefully this will be resolved soon I'll be able to start collecting money but um Um, it
0: yeah I think these conditionings they make perfect sense as a child when you feel threatened or I don't know you think I mean that's a child's brain saying okay I will I will I will be poor when it comes to I I won't make I won't make money with my art and that's therefore I can I don't know survive I'm, I'm safe or I don't know you are safe I'm no longer a burden there can be anything it's really up to you you have to really find out what it is
1: yeah um, I know I know a couple of them there's two that I, I there's there's two or three that I have it's like one if I become successful off my art it's gonna show up people who didn't fulfill didn't go after their dreams and took different routes And like, I really don't want them to feel bad with their life. Like I feel really responsible for their feelings and I can't make them feel bad by me doing it this way. And which, you know, and then another one is, you know, I was taught like this was a gift, you know, like art and creativity is like a God's gift and you're not supposed to charge for it. So like, it's not just a, it's like giving into the greed and, you know, only evil people. Want money, and if I was truly a good person, I wouldn't be charging for it. So, so does that.
0: You, make <laughs> so, I think it, does this mean that when you're an artist, you are it makes you feel bad. I don't know. To, yeah, like
1: I when I when I imagine myself like living, it's funny because like if I imagine myself living the perfect artist lifestyle, I'm homeless and i'm painting for food.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, maybe, maybe i can check there was a needs list so, so i just check this maybe I'll find that. <laughs> I don't know, it's so much.
1: That's how i would. that's how i'm supposed to be a successful artist and just just like paint for scraps, like literal scraps. Like will you give me a sandwich, i'll make you some art.
0: Okay. But maybe that i'm i'm not very good at this, but maybe I mean, they're the they're basic needs, like to be seen for your true intentions. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe that goes against this because you, I don't know.
1: Ooh, that's a really good one. That yeah. was, oh, this is really interesting because uh, I have to go find for your, um, I was reviewing with a friend about triggers because I was oh like curious what my triggers are. And that one of them, and I don't know if this is a trigger or not, because I, I, I don't really quite I don't quite understand triggers. I feel like I misuse it. But like, I know a big switch that happens for me is like this absolute f- fear and terror of being misunderstood.
2: Oh, OK. Okay. And so that's really
1: funny that you say that to be seen for your true intention, because like. Yeah, that's interesting that that resonates <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so but you're
0: um, yeah and maybe you could think about your feelings that this evokes maybe fear or sadness or whatever so maybe that's related I don't know I'm, I'm still I haven't done the process myself so. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I feel like there's work to do oh and I remember the third one the third one I was I was told or th- that I came to believe very young is like It's the men are supposed to make the money in the household. And so, like, if I make money, then it's going to destroy my relationship with my husband because he won't feel, you know, like I have to protect his feelings by not being successful.
0: (laughs) That's it. Kind of a contract, actually. So maybe this this works when we find out what kind of feelings. Yeah, maybe it's really make sense to look into this. So be, be, honestly, it is very difficult to, to to be a successful artist when you think you have to to be alone. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that is not a good outlook. Who would do that? I think everybody would say, okay, I don't want to be alone all my life. So I, I, I that contract is fine with me. So I. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: So maybe there's a way to release those contracts. I don't know. So I think it is really to look deep into this and resonate with yourself if you can release it. If you believe it, but if you're just too afraid of this, So maybe there is more to it. I don't know.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Next. Next is yeah. So how did how did you learn to release? <laughs> did you learn how to release it? Or is that? Or am I gonna have to go do research?
0: <laughs> you call in. Um, your higher self or when you, when you practice meditation, you can imagine someone your men, inner mentor or being in center, there's all, and you can talk to yourself and ask, ask yourself, am I ready to release this? And you, you simply have to listen to your body when, if, if it's not the case, maybe you have to look into this or ask, talk to your therapist about this specific conditioning, because it is a conditioning. So maybe there's yeah. more here. So maybe there's more behind that. So it has more layers. I can imagine that. So maybe, I I, I don't know if it's that easy to simply say, I'll reduce it. Maybe that's only for very small contracts. Like, okay, I don't fear <laughs> because I don't know. So maybe that, you can get rid of that <laughs> like that. But when it goes very deep, maybe it has layers and layers. and layers. So you have to.
1: Yeah. I've been considering, like I've seen. So one of the things I see on TikTok is they do these, uh, cord cutting there's all these like witchy people who you can hire their services for a cord cutting and this lady. this lady that's like that's her whole thing and she'll take two candles and she ties a string between them and then she burnt and then she lights them both and then you watch what happens and then the cord burns between them and then you've like made a clean break from your relationship or something and it's been really fun to watch and then she gets all like uh symbolic about what who does what what happened you know oh this camera did this and this one did this and this shows this tells me that or whatever and the other day feeling desperate i was like i was about ready to (laughs) to try i'm like i'm about to light some stuff on fire
0: (laughs) but you know what that that to me it, it it kind of tells me that it's also this metaphor thing so yeah. you can get closer to it by using this metaphor, using imagination, which also works when you, uh, it also works when you have something, some issues, and you write a, a fairy tale about this. There's also some practice uh-huh. where you simply write. And that's, <laughs> I think that's all, these are all ways to get to that part of the brain where you can't actually use language for or, or descriptive language. So. I love talking about, I love that
1: that, like, it sounds to me like You have your hearing scientists or, you know, professionals talk about the power of metaphors Mm -hmm. and how I've been trying to explain my faith to people. It's like, it's not that I believe, like, I don't believe burning two candles and watching, you know, watching the the string Mm -hmm. burn is like, uh... But it's um, it's an energy emotional. thing. But I believe in the metaphor of it. I believe that our our brains see and experience you know the physical world so strongly that it can reflect to you know what we would call the spiritual world or the mind or whatever.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that you externalize these emotions and uh, the, those candles represent something, and you can see them from the outside, you can see them outside of yourself and it makes, maybe that's a way you can approach it in a different way, that's how I would describe it. That's how you also can use art and stories to make sense of it, to make sense from a different perspective, so.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, I have, this is something, this, this is a slight, I feel like this might be a slight subject change because, One of the things I have is like, you know, I do this in my art. I have my art journals. I paint my feelings Mm -hmm. out. I paint through and process things. And if especially uh, often when I'm dealing with something I don't want to have in my life. (laughs) Like I feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. Therefore, I'm going to take my feelings. I'm going to put them on the paper. I'm going to watch them transform into something beautiful as an art piece. And I go through that process. And it's really, I love it because the transfer the transformation that happens is always such a surprise and I get such a beautiful image and it completely shifts my whole perspective and, and, and mindset. And it's so powerful. And like, I want to figure out a way to remember or, or, or keep that process because now like, like, I have gone back and I've journaled on different paintings and I really have to journal on it in the moment to keep it because there's a lot of my pages in my art where I get it out, get it done, have, have a big, huge release, celebrate and run off and then forget it. And then I come back to it much later and it now it's just a messy page. And I'm like, oh, I remember this was important at the time. But now it's just... You know, it doesn't have that same meaning. And like, I've been thinking, this is something I'd like to capture and express better. And and kind of like use my examples to teach others.
0: Oh yeah, but. I think this will this will work. You can simply record it and I don't know. Explain yeah. the process. maybe not talk about it. Maybe you don't have to talk about the what actually is on the page, but simply describe the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I just need to start. Because I know that they usually take about an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. If it's a really deep session, it'll I'll go for maybe two hours. So right now, my hang-up is just that kind of time for recording. I think if I would just um, uh, do time-lapse for the session. Yeah, it's something I'm thinking about. Something. One of the things I've thought about is there's a few. Sometimes I have developed, I have developed a couple that are just are a co- like a a common way to start or a common thing to do and a common and an easy for me to reflect on. And I so I have a few paintings or a few journal sessions that are kind of like a standard one. So I think one day I'd like to make those into uh tutorials, and that would be something.
2: But
0: I um there was one artist, she also had an event. I didn't attend it, so I'm but I think there's some free videos somewhere, so I just tried to find that. But she did something with a tree of life and it was based on um feelings and needs. Huh. And she used the feelings and needs list. I know that. So you could name it.
1: Um, oh, So did she make like a tree to identify as a as a illustration of the feelings and needs?
0: Um she just uh it was actually quite so a lot of people posted that in the group. It was it had roots and then it had a trunk and then there were leaves or whatever, and I think they were so different for everybody. And uh, yeah. Some had written some needs and some feelings around them. I think it was the process about discovering your own needs. Maybe, I don't know, in that moment, I haven't attended it, so I can't. Right. But that was, uh, just to see those images was, so, <laughs> was really nice. Oh yeah, she has some free classes, so maybe there's something you can learn. So um, I ha-
2: Maybe we can put her in the, in the show notes. Yeah, I just, uh, oh yeah, uh, there was
0: something you could get, for, for. I don't know if it was for free. Oh yeah, she did something, uh, painting a painting, hmm. I have to find it. Oh yeah, join and get a free class, okay. <laughs> nice. So you get one free class, or maybe you can learn something how she does it. So I know she's, she's um, oh yeah, free access to the popular class, goddess Athena, where she paints um, goddess Athena with all the energy, female energy or whatever. So maybe that's interesting for you. Oh, you I'm, go go do that. I'm sorry?
1: I'm gonna go do that. That sounds fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, as I said, I think uh, mixed media art and wellness <laughs> called you know what? Mm-hmm. this is
1: what this is something that's been is, is really interesting for me right now is i am I'm working on this commission, Venus. Mm-hmm. and it is bring bringing up so much inner work for me because, you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: her her um the the personality that I'm trying to capture in a painting is. You know this desire and and attraction. like she's like the way that josh uh, mm-hmm. Josh is the commission is the one commissioning the painting. And you know, he described he had to like teach me what her essence is like. And she's mm-hmm. like attraction and love, and just like this like this very strong uh, and it can be sexual, of course, but it's mm-hmm. also just like this. I don't know, and, and, and the way you just attract things, I don't, and the trying to first try to put that into words, what she's like, and then I'm using all this symbolism in this artwork to bring it in, and she's just, she's just surrounded with fruits and flowers and buds and, like, just this, this lushness, and it's been so, it's, like, healing, and exciting and a little bit scary trying to like really capture this feeling of her. And then, you know, for me doing art, it's like, and, and my kind of beliefs is like, we're all one. So it's like, I'm trying to access this part of me as well. And that's where it gets kind of scary.
0: Cause I'm like, oh, this is more than I, <laughs> this is too much.
1: I'm too much. <laughs>
0: Can see that this summit shows me the power of art, actually? I don't know, but I will send you, we can put that underneath. So I don't know her, but it looks so nice. And she has something called Lifebook, Make Art Feel Happy. It's a celebration and honouring of you, a year-long mixed-media art class organized by her. Uh, there are 30 incredible artists and healers. Uh, what so, is it? really uh, over 80-plus mixed-media art and well-being classes. So she mixes that, obviously. So, oh my goodness! Learn to, learn to use your creativity to, to support your well-being because it is a huge part of it. I think creativity is also need. Um, yeah, I can. And uh, it, I think, it's not so expensive for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I will send you to. Yeah, maybe that is what we are talking about. So like accessing something else with creativity and art.
2: I um, love. It. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so I didn't attend her class because time. Oh gosh, there were so many. <laughs> I had some time, bro. It was really My schedule was so full, and I thought, okay, it sounds nice, but ah, oh can't. Um, I wish I would have attended, but maybe I would. I would download her free class and just <laughs> go.
1: Well, on. Yeah, and this is my like little you know hack I do for these. There's all these summits, and they always bring in like thirty, forty people, and way more talks than you could ever possibly get you know, get through, and my thing is just to go through afterwards and go find them on YouTube or go to their websites, and a lot of times people are teaching, you know, it's a similar thing they're teaching. I'm still annoyed, I'm still annoyed that I missed, you told me about another summit ages ago, and I missed watching that, the woman that you were, you've been following, but, you know, she also has lots of, uh, a few things on YouTube. I don't think anything was as in depth as what that talk was that I missed, but it's still a way. There's a way to learn. <laughs> There's always a way.
0: Easier with these summits. so I I subscribed to some newsletters. There was oh, there was also a interesting class, and it was I think it's something about the showgirl. It was she is it has to do with burlesque, and it was what kind of showgirl am I? It was really about shame and turning. that was interesting.
2: Oh.
0: I, to, I I took this quiz on a website and it turned out I'm a muse. And when I'm, not in, when I'm collapsed, I hide myself. I thought, okay, that sounds like me. That was very interesting. <laughs> I really enjoyed her class as well. So it was very uh, interaction. So it was a bit, it was not so beneficial, I think, doing it on my own but um, <laughs> as a recording. But it was very, very inspiring. And she, I really liked her. So. Oh. Yeah.
1: That seems like something else that'd be good for me to address while I work on Venus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. It's just a fun thing, but it it, goes—it tells you something about yourself. So it was just—it was in a way—it was a fun exercise with hand (laughs) dances, and watching other people do it and being in resonance and doing yourself it was very interesting.
1: (laughs) So here's here's something I just thought of the other day, and I'm curious what you think, like. You know, like, have you ever considered, like, posing for, as a model for life drawing? Or have you ever done it? Uh,
2: no. No, I didn't.
0: I mean, I, I, well, when we when I was in art school, some, some people simply did it. I mean, it's not very, I think it is exhausting. <laughs> so I have to, but I think it's an easy job. Yeah.
1: Something. I had a friend that did it. I have a friend that she used to do it for her for her local college, and she was saying how how interesting and healing it was for her body image because, you know, she had, she saw other people, you know, make art. you know, her she her she saw her body as art. work? It, it,
0: look- it is simply um. You're just a model. It's, it's not about the body itself in a, in a way like we look at bodies in our society. Yeah. It wasn't. It's, it's different. It's just you're just interested in the muscles and how, how does it look like when, when, when you have this poster? I don't know. It's just it's totally different. So it has nothing to do with your body. So you're just an example of a human body in space. Yeah. And it's interesting that there are different human bodies. So that's how I experience it. We have all kinds of people posing for us. Yeah, and that was that was interesting. of uh, all ages, very thin and very um, voluptuous, <laughs> everything.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. There's definitely I, I definitely miss. I've been thinking of of life drawing and how much I miss it. I think I talked about it last time mm-hmm. on a, last week. I really And talking about space and, and where we are in space, it sure is gives you a lot of, lots to think about as you try to get a human body to look correct.
0: Yeah. When I think of life drawing now, I always had the feeling, I, there was a feeling of resonance sometimes with the model. It was very interesting. Sometimes we have models, they look perfectly fine, but there was nothing. I couldn't transport anything onto the page. It was not very often, but sometimes it was there was a disconnection. I could read really now that I, <laughs> that's what it felt like. And it was these sessions were not very beneficial for me. Ah, huh. Interesting. That's interesting when I think of it. And some some were very good and some were interesting. <laughs> on a very few occasions there was nothing there. It was empty. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I want to. That's. I think I will be. I think that's going to be on my list is to get back and find talking about community Mm -hmm. resonating. It's becoming more important to me to find places I can do that again. Whether um, I'm drawing, I haven't decided which one. Maybe both.
0: (laughs) But I think it is. It is important to have someone resonate back to us. So that's. I realize just because I. Enjoy that idea. It's not happening <laughs> automatically. I think I really, I think I really have to look for places where that happens. And I realize not everybody resonates with that. Maybe so. There was uh, Professor Lieberman also on that summit. He talked about Ukraine um, um, landscapes, landscapes in Ukraine. Um, so that is because of your culture and everything. So the landscapes can look different, and um, it. But when you ask, so someone might be, it can also be political and um, differences, you know, but when you, you, they also found out that when you ask deep questions and you find something where you can relate, you can still have a relationship, but it it is also interesting to know that other people have other landscapes, so that could explain why they sometimes believe stuff you (laughs) cry. And I found that very interesting. So I cannot, um, I cannot expect when I go somewhere they all see me and I do something right or I resonate in the right way and there's and it clicks. It doesn't work like that. So I really have to find the people who are willing to do it, who are capable to do this,
2: right? And
0: who are and he, he also talked about that when you have a trauma history, your landscape is really different. So huh. that, makes, that makes it a bit difficult because it's not so easy to find people who have. The same landscape like you, and you meet them, and you understand each other. So it is—it's a bit more complicated, and I think it is easier to feel lonely. Yeah. But, you know, and who,
1: who gave that talk, Doctor?
0: A Lieberman. Lieberman. Oh, oh, professor. I think he's a professor at the university. Oh, no longer. I think he's—he was. I, I can't remember the university. He now has a. Oh, he now has a um, company, and they want to offer an app. <laughs> where you can have uh, tests based on all these uh, things, and especially for people go- going to college, so they can be paired with people who have similar landscapes in the frame. <laughs> so.
1: I was
2: going to say, though, do you
1: want to find people with similar landscapes, or do you want to like challenge yourself and have and and be shown a
0: different landscape? I think everybody has a different. I think it is in things that matter. So um it's not that you ha- you don't have but in deep things so I'm I'm not sure how it works, so I'm pretty sure that you have at least some similarities, but not uh you know it's maybe not what kind of music you like or whatever. I think it goes deeper than that right yeah, it goes deeper than that, and maybe it's more um existential or what what makes you human right and so it would make no sense otherwise, so you have all those tests anyway but. Huh. But I found that very interesting and it tells me, okay, I cannot expect that many people get me <laughs> or all people get me. I, I don't know, maybe we have to simply take into consideration that they maybe have a different landscape or maybe we have to explain more or ask different questions or try to find another, other ways to relate.
1: You know, this reminds me of a story. And now I'm trying to th- decide if it's, is, it's Feels like a subject change, but I I feel like it's such a perfect metaphor because uh, I had I had I was roommates with some with with one of my a very old friend back in my twenties, and she had a very messy house, really really messy, and I'm I'm pretty messy as well, so we were okay. But then I had another friend, and she was raised in this like pristine clean house okay. just like you know like they all the kids learned how to like military make their beds you know kind of thing it was just amazing how clean and organized and minimalist their house was and i had witnessed both of these women's ho- childhood kind of houses kind of thing and i was like i just really want these two to come together because mm-hmm no they will um really uh ch- not just challenge each other but yeah they'll it'll, each of them is going to be see a different world mm-hmm. and so i ended up talking them into being roommates so there was three of us sharing this house and it was actually a terrible idea because my oh. poor friend the, neat, the the neat one came into this messy house and she really couldn't handle it <laughs> And I remember, I remember when she came in, and my friend was so proud of herself. She's like, i am cleaned, it's all cleaned up, and I've I've really organized it. Da, da, da. You'll be so happy. And I walk in, and like, on the moment I walked in, I was like, oh no, this is what? not the
2: level
1: that my other friend would be expecting. And yeah, she did not recognize that as clean. She was actually horrified. And but over time, it was really. Was beautiful. Not that I was right, but like she, you know, she, she, they both sat down and shared what their lifestyle was like, you know, what their childhood was like, and it was so interesting to have both of them share how they were raised and to both come together and see, be able to understand each other better. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was a really fascinating. I feel like it would have been neat if they would have had this language about landscapes, because, you know my friend my my messy friend like her mom was much more unorganized and messy and her household drove her nuts and she wanted to do better okay. and she was doing better you know and i don't know the i don't know the background for my cleaner friend but yeah so but she had a really good um uh, you know examples of what she grew up with you know like what was her what was her? Th- the one I like is like to, 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 to explain how her house, how her mom did housework or whatever. She was like, when, when people came over, if, if, if they knew company was coming, there was this panic cleaning that would happen. And all the kids <laughs> had to go around and pick up as fast as they could to make the house look nice. And she said the shortcut, you know, the cheat that what they would do, they would take every bit of, of uh, clutter and put it in the bathtub. And then oh my god,
0: that's also awesome. kind of a strategy. <laughs> and like,
1: it was so fantastic. It was such a fantastic illustration because like I, in my life had never heard, you know, I had never thought of putting, you know, like I have my dooms. They, you know, what do they call them? Dooms piles or whatever, you know, I have my stashes. I have where I stash stuff and, you know, and it was so, it was so perfect to see. <laughs> friend, like, that concept had never in her life, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, but, actually, yeah. I think we love that, and they had some similarities, and just because uh, one is very tidy, and others very, I don't know, it doesn't make, doesn't mean they don't get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, and, and they did end up, you know, they, the, the roommate situation didn't last. She stayed for a short time and found her own place.
0: Maybe that was a good idea. I mean, that- <laughs>
1: It, it did. It was a really good idea. But in the meantime, you know, she, she learned, you know, she, she um, kind of broke out of her ways a little bit. Like she had a very, she had a very structured life. And my other friend kind of broke that structure a little bit. And then my other friend who had less structure got some structure from, from the cleaner one. And she had some, she, she's has, she has uh, lifestyle practices that she's adopted
0: from her. Yeah, and I think it works. So, I mean, maybe these are just what you inherited from. I don't know if this is really your personality. Maybe that's just. <laughs> that's very interesting. And
1: ah. I, 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 I feel bad because like I did know it was probably a bad idea, and I was like, I kind of. My my thing is like I feel like I, I, uh, I knew I knew. You know, I knew more about each of them than they knew about each other going in, you know. And so I feel like I I, uh, wasn't, I didn't fully prepare either of them (laughs) for what they were coming to. It was a life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a good life lesson for all of us all around. And I'm really glad they got to know each other because they really yeah. I think they actually stay in touch more with each other than I do.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, maybe that was worth it. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are ways to overcome that. You don't have to live in the same house. I mean, that's, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> and that's what, That was the, that was kind of like, not the compromise, but it was like the realization. Be I mean, like, hey, and and this was what was really neat about my clean, you know, my more organized friend. She was like, I can't live like this, but you could still, you know, that doesn't mean you're not friends. It just means you find a new place and then you continue to be friends.
0: (laughs) To come back to that, that makes perfect sense for for them. And that maybe you have a need for, I don't know, for for being organ, something, maybe that's beauty for her, (laughs) being in a beautiful place. And she has a need to do that. And that's important to her, so she has to find a way (laughs) to be like that. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it makes perfect sense, so I like to look at things now like this. So, when someone does that, maybe it, make, it makes sense. They make sense, yeah. maybe. and I don't I mean, have to be with them, I don't have to listen to their story. But it's okay to, to think, Yeah, they make sense. But
1: well, <laughs> and it's interesting. I'm thinking now, I'm thinking about myself too, and my husband and I, and we have come like one of my needs that I've gotten. I'm glad that we're using this 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 terminology because I real one of my things I realized is like I need color in my life, like the more color I have closer to me, the better I feel, kind of thing. And un, and I didn't realize this early on, but one of the things I did, you know, moving into uh, apartments are always so drab. You know, they keep everything neutral and whites and everything and you know neutral colors and I was quite when I was first married you know I I we were in an apartment complex for a a few years and I did it for a year and then when we renewed our contract I was like okay I will stay here but I get one wall with color on it.
0: (laughs) That's a need yeah and I think uh, maybe it makes you sad not to have that.
1: Yeah, and I was surprised how happy it made me. And like once, once I realized how happy that wall made me, um, I've done, I did the same thing for this apart, you know, for where we're staying now. And I, and I didn't wait as long. I, I, we, I don't know. Maybe I did, but yeah. Once, but now I'm like, okay, here's where I live, and what color is one wall going to be? <laughs> oh. Okay.
0: Um. Acknowledging your needs. And that comes, yeah, having color in your house makes you happy. I love that. <laughs> can be as simple as that.
1: It's really surprising how much joy that brings me. And and it really taught me the lesson, too. Like, I, I think I've told about my dishes before. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my, yeah and how, I now have blue plates. I have blue plates, four different colors of blue. You know, they're a set made to look like they're mismatching. But, oh. Uh, I am just, those dishes every day bring me so much joy and I will not have just white colored plates again.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, my need now would be for quiet, for rest. Oh God, I think outside the world is ending. Oh my God, it's so noisy right now. I don't know if you hear that.
2: (laughs) I don't hear anything. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, and that's really, it's, uh, it teaches you a lot about yourself, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I endure this for, uh, it's the ninth day. After. Sometimes 10 hours, starting at 7 o'clock in the morning. And only diggers and other vib- vibrations, I don't know, it's just noisy stuff. I, you, I cannot use my noise-castling um, yeah. headphones. It don't work because it's so, um, so much vibration it's awful it's awful I I don't know I think when we when we end this uh, podcast I will go out there and destroy that digger I will do it
1: (laughs) what's frustrating is like your house is your sanctuary and it's like that is is infiltrating your what makes your place feel you know seclusive and
0: exclusive. I can't be in my studio. I don't know. I thought, oh, come on, get over this. And everybody said, oh, yeah, we'll be over soon. But honestly, when you look at needs, it, this really touches my need for, for safety. It touches my need for rest. It touches my need for freedom because I cannot decide what to do. And okay. it touches also my need for health. For, I don't know. And it yeah. touches my, also my, my, my need for maybe being understood and being... Because um, I told the neighbors to tell me when the diggers would come and... But they did care to tell me. Yeah.
1: Do you um? Do you think you'll be uh staying at a library for some time now?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have. To, I, don't, I don't. know. I, it, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so it's very difficult to to. Yesterday, I went with my husband to the dentist just to be <laughs> out of the noise. <laughs> and and they said, oh yeah, now we can look into your we can look at your teeth as well. And, oh my God. <laughs>
1: You're like, I would rather go to the dentist than listen to the noise. Yes.
0: Absolutely. It was uh, absolutely more, more, it was more um, comforting to be at the dentist and being at home. And that's sad, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't know. But it was, and yeah, I think that was my, my, um, my week. A lot of noise and I can really feel how it affects my nervous system, how it affects me physically. I can really feel that. So it's not just me being oversensitive, it's really affecting me. It's, um, and uh, also having all these new teachings. <laughs> it's just so, it was yeah, it was. interesting. So. Huh. But somehow I, I see art in a different way now. I think art is far more, yeah, I see it now how we can with art, how we can touch something deeper by creating and by looking at it, maybe, and by talking about it, even. So, Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. I feel
1: like this is, like, uh, I am getting so much, I don't know, confirmation, I guess. Like, I've been doing art, I've been talking about art, I've been loving art but I've never really been believing it matters and now I just feel like I'm being shown that over and over in so many different ways
0: there's another need I didn't know it is a need it means contributing to the world society human I don't know whatever common humanity and I thought what is my contribution and when I did this I talked about this um showgirl whatever thing and the muse as he, when i'm at my best that's what this quiz told me i am i inspire people by simply being me and that's how i contribute i thought oh my god i can't imagine that <laughs> i always felt like i have to do so much i have to do this and do that and i don't know it never occurred to me that it might be enough to tell my story or to show my art or to put on canvas or, or paper whatever that what My experiences, and I think that sounds so weird to me because I think, no, I have to do more than that. It cannot be that easy. I love it. I think, nah, nah, no. (laughs) But maybe it is enough, and maybe that's something we have to learn that we can contribute simply by talking about our own experience, by being ourselves. I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah.
2: Sounds weird to
0: me. And and otherwise, when you're, um, yeah, when you're not authentic, then you have this kind of posture, and then you go out as be interesting was just a simple quiz. You go out there and uh, you 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 feel like you you depend on validation from outside. But when you get it, it always feels shallow. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. (laughs) That's it. How does she know this? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Elise Myers was talking about that and she said it in such a f- profound way of how, you know, she used to, you know, change and morph herself to get everybody else's approval. And then when she finally got their approval, she realized they were only approving of her because she had become what they wanted her to be. And okay. They wanted them what they wanted her to be. Yeah. And how that's not fulfilling. Like now you're just like, oh, thanks for not being yourself. It makes okay. me more comfortable. Like, how is that? Why would you want that kind of approval?
0: <laughs> exactly. So I'm just trying to find that. Wait, where is it? Hmm. That was... Oh, I can't find it. So there was... Oh, I think it. that's it. So that was very interesting. Oh, yeah, the muse. Um, okay. Well, when you are collapse, you're underexpressed. When you're posturing... Uh, You're uncomfortable and inauthentically exaggerated. (laughs) And I found that very interesting. And when um, I collapse, I hide and doesn't let others be inspired by me. I over-edit my words, sounds, movements, creative works of any kind. (laughs) That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, I...
1: Have a feeling we have talked for quite a while today. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> in a very in a way, bad sound quality. So I hope you're all listening with us. I don't know. Otherwise, we had some a, a very interesting private conversation. <laughs> so,
1: uh, so, yeah. uh, well, as we wind down, let me try and think of if we have an Instagram question. I just like the um, all I'm thinking about right now is metaphors and combining the the power of metaphors and the thing they were talking about your landscape. Oh yeah. Like, what does your childhood landscape look like? Like,
0: what if it? Yeah, it could be. Uh, it's jungle. <laughs> it's a desert. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Or if you'd prefer, what does your current landscape?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah Yeah, just
0: describe I like for myself, I think I like the idea of finding a me- metaphor for me, my journey as an artist at the moment. I think I would, <laughs> If you like that, you can use that as well.:
1: Ooh, so, What does your journey as an artist look like? Exactly. So you're talking about like your path. What does
0: your, what does the, yeah, just find a metaphor for this. So it could be, yeah, I'm, for me it sometimes feels like I'm 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 in the desert and I, I can always see something and far, far away and I'm not getting there and it's so dry and there's nothing there and there's the sun just burning down and it's. There's nothing there. There's no water. I'd have to. It, it feels so exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! That's not. That's not how it should be. I should find an oasis and go there and just drink something and relax. And <laughs> then.
1: You know when, when what came to mind when you said your landscape? I thought mine is. Um, I feel like I'm in the Alice in Wonderland forest where nothing makes sense and you just. <laughs> around and having weird experiences and getting nowhere.
0: Oh, <laughs> and it's I, a,
1: there's a cat sometimes.
0: <laughs> I like that. I have the feeling in my landscapes there's a there's a caravan coming every now and then but I said I hide. I said no no, <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> I'll hide somewhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah and no I don't need help. I can't I'm <laughs> and it's pretty yeah, maybe it makes sense. I have to look into this. <laughs> maybe there's yeah. a way to change that too.
1: What's so interesting It's interesting to me that you're saying desert landscape when you were like raised in Germany. Like yeah. I would when, when I started saying land, you know, childhood landscape. I was like kind of flipping through my my Minnesota landscapes. You know, it's 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 flat and and barren, you know, kind of thing. But it's not. But it was familiar, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: interesting, interesting, I like, I really like how brains work, it's so interesting.
0: It's interesting, it's fascinating, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all right. We talk, so if anybody's interested in that work, we can put some links underneath, (laughs) because I don't feel very proficient to talk about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, last week we had a discussion and we've decided we want to kind of look, kind of do a little bit of cataloging and a little bit of promoting time. And so we're actually changing our uh, schedule a bit Mm -hmm. and starting to post every other week instead of once a week.
0: Exactly. We want to look more deeply into the material, maybe. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: So this will be a good one to review because I feel like we have lots to uh categorize and discuss and yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, yeah. Thank you all for, for listening. If, <laughs> Alex yeah. Sorry for the sound quality. <laughs> next time it will be better, I promise. All right, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. See you later. See you on, yeah, I don't know, next week, but Okay, bye.